Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that illuminates a wide range of challenges and triumphs our military-connected kids experience. My name is Jake, and I'll be your host. This program is powered in part by Wounded Warrior Project to honor and empower post-9-11 injured service members, veterans, and their families. Joining us today is Kylie and Jennifer Breest. Kylie is a hidden helper, and Jennifer is a hidden hero working with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. I wanted to have them on the show so I can get Kylie's experience as a hidden helper and how she transitioned into college. I'm really excited to have this podcast with you today, Kylie. This is going to be fun. Um, So my first question for you is, how did you prepare to leave your home? So I would say if I had to give advice to someone leaving home, I would say don't worry too much. Like, don't get in your head about it. Um, I did choose to go closer to home just because then I could go home if I needed to. But also, like, don't worry about what you're leaving there because you know you'll always have that. So I would say try to, like, push yourself and get going as much as you can just because you will always have them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what academic challenges occurred for you because of your family situation? Um, I wouldn't say I had any like academically more as so I was maybe treated a little bit differently. Um my professors would treat me one way and then as soon as they found out my like home life or who I was, who I was related to, what I did, I would say they kind of shift your viewpoint a little bit. They treat you a little bit differently and I don't want to say pity you, but in a way they pity you and like feel bad for you compared to other students that don't have that. Yeah, I I get it. Me and you probably get it more than anyone else, but for sure, uh, yeah, people just don't understand that, you know. Um, once people find out, like, as you said, they change. They do pity you. They are like weirdly careful with you. And it's very hard to explain unless you've been there, and not a lot of kids are there, but all of us know that feeling, you know, and it's, it's very weird. It's just a weird atmosphere to have. And, um, like, I don't want your pity, but I need your understanding. Cause it's, it's hard at home, you know, it's rough Mm -hmm. some days and, um, we just got to keep going. So, um, my next question is how do you find balance between your home life and your college life? It kind of goes back to like, pushing yourself out there I'd say you gotta um join those organizations join clubs get to know people that aren't your home life like maybe that don't know you don't know your story you know figure out what it's like to maybe be what they say as a normal kid and try to make those connections without having the home life as your main factor because they they come with you so what like clubs and 
stuff have you done? Because me, I've not, I've never really been a sports guy too much. Like I play paintball, but um, besides that, I'm not super into that stuff. So like with you, like broadening your horizons and stuff, like what is the best way that you do that? And then. So I actually joined Greek life on campus. So I'm in the sorority of Kappa Alpha Theta. Um, that has a lot of opportunities for me just because there's so many different girls you can join so many different things you always have like friends you can go out with so I'd say if your campus has Greek life that's a great way to get in just because the variety of people that join it are so like different um I also kind of took it upon myself and created a little club on campus called supporting the legacy and then I actually worked my way up to become president of it, and there we um, raise money for kids with cystic fibrosis. So I'd say finding something you're interested in and passionate in, even if it's not necessarily a club on campus, it's not saying it can't be. That was, that was a really good answer, actually. Why cystic fibrosis? I want to help, or I want to go into nursing with kiddos right now so that's a big disease that affects that population yeah that's actually really awesome that you're doing that um you don't see those around too much you know uh like the clubs to help people so whenever one does pop up it's just wonderful to see so my next question actually kind of applies to both of us because as you said you're finishing up your nursing but I'm actually going into nursing next year as well. So I'm curious what led you into nursing. Um, I've always just had a big passion just in helping people. Like it just comes naturally to me. I, I see someone and I just want to dive right in and be like, how can I help you? And I always seem to put people before myself. And I just want them to get so much better. Um, it definitely deals with how I grew up. You know, I'm sure you can relate. But ever since I was three, my dad was in and out of hospitals. So me being a five-year-old putting meds into a peg tube with his nurse, like just seeing that kind of throughout my whole life. I don't know. It just felt natural, I guess. Yeah, no, I understand that. Cause like being a hidden helper, you do a lot of kind of wacky and cool things that you wouldn't have gotten to do anyways. Um, yeah, no, I get that. That's pretty much the exact same reason for me. So I don't really need to restate that one. But uh, now I actually have a question for your mom. Uh, Jenny, what do you think about Kylie going into nursing? Like, have you always known that this was what she was going to do or what are your thoughts on her doing nursing? I honestly can't see Kylie doing anything else besides nursing. Like she said, you know, since the age of three, she was right there saying, can I stretch dad? What can I do? Can I help them? Can I follow your, the nurse today? Always. But one thing as she grew up, I think Another aspect that she saw is how important family is in the healing process and how nurses really can encompass the family 
and take care of the family, not only, you know, the patient, but also the family. And I think that is one thing that can't be taught. You cannot teach bedside manner. And Kylie has the perfect bedside manner because she gets it. Yeah. Um, also another one with this, this one's for the parents, but um, how do you help like cultivate responsibility in the kids when the other parent comes home and they need help? Like, cause it's definitely a big change in life, you know? Like if they just come back, everything gets different in the blink of an eye, you know? So how did you help Kylie and Kylie's siblings do that? Wow. I don't, I don't think I had any role in helping Kylie. Honestly, she jumped in and wanted to be part of that. And, you know, they uh, always use the phrase, the new normal, and that life just became our new normal. And Kylie wanted to help. Um, my son was young at the time and he could not physically do that. And part of me never expected him to because Kylie took on that role. So I guess that's a double-edged sword for me is yeah. I didn't help her do it. She just kind of did it on her own. And then I kind of used it as a crutch because she was such a great helper. I didn't expect it. I was just going to jump back to the bedside manner comment. Um, you definitely see that in your nursing classes. So I would say watch for that when you start your classes, because you will see the difference of who knows bedside manner and how to actually talk to people and be a nice human compared to those who are like, I get straight A's. I get all these academically smart. Yes, you can be taught how to be academically smart. You can be taught to memorize a book page. Like you can be taught to memorize terms, all that stuff. But like my mom said very perfectly, you will see, you cannot teach compassion. So even going to a clinical day or whatever, the difference between my peers and me and how we talk to the patients, how we interact, like even just a simple med pass, yes, you're going in there to give meds to someone, but at the same time, like they're sick, they're in a hospital bed you're not just giving them meds, you have to know how to talk to them. And like she said, you can't teach that. And I feel like being in our position, we learned that part way early on. Like, That's actually very understandable. So my biological father had cancer over this summer. Uh, he passed away. But at that point with people, when they're in the hospital, they're freaking out, you know? this could be and probably is one of like the lowest points in your life. And it really changes your perspective when you see that for the first time, you know, cause they're, they're stressing out. You know, if you just talk to them, like they're a person and you're just helpful and you're kind, even if they're irritated, even if they're having the worst day, it always is so lovely to like see the difference in their face when like, this lady didn't talk to me like I'm a robot. Like she actually had a good conversation with me and me, I'm very introverted. So sometimes that's hard, but uh, for others out there, if you just force yourself to do it, you can immediately see the benefits. So it's always lovely to see that from people. Yeah, for sure. The hospital can be a scary place. So even just making 
my goal when I go to clinical is just to try to make at least one patient smile just because when they do it like fills your heart a little bit just because you're like yes I'm doing more than what I came here to do especially kids kids they're so hard to see but um if you can just make their day better if you're just like a little bit of a weirdo and they just start laughing or giggling at you oh it's it's the best feeling so with us being hidden helpers that's actually helped prepare us us specifically for the nursing but um in general all the hidden helpers it helps us like cultivate compassion for others and knowing that others need to depend on us so with us finding compassion what is the best way to make connections in a new situation when it's hard to have compassion you know like you're not feeling good you just moved into a new place uh as you said clubs and stuff but like personal one-on-one like intrapersonal how do you do that I would say you just have to remember, like, it's a cliche phrase, but you don't know what everyone's going through. Um, Much like we talked about earlier, like, when my professors found out about me, like, they treated me differently, but they didn't know that about me before. So their compassion there was different just because you found out the hidden part. Um, So I would say even your peers, like, you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they are a hidden helper and you just haven't connected yet. Like you have no idea. So I think it's just like being a nice human to people, like a genuinely nice human. That's hard to do a lot of times. Like I think just knowing people and finding out who they truly are rather than judging or jumping to conclusions and just saying oh I'm having a bad day I don't care what they're going through or something like that you just have to always realize there's multiple different sides to multiple different stories it always is um we know this probably better than anyone else but there's a lot more kids with a lot similar situations and you just never know it's so surprising. Actually, a few days ago, I found out a girl that I've known for three years is a hidden helper, and I had no idea whatsoever. She didn't know I was one. I didn't know she was one. So we actually started talking about it, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I've known you since, like, 10th grade, and we just we had no idea, especially the quiet kids I've noticed. Like, they... They have a lot to say, including me, actually. I'm kind of a quiet kid. They have a lot to say, but not always someone to say it to, you know? Um, So just asking someone about their day even can lead you into weird places that you didn't think you'd be. But at the end of the day, it's always better to be like, actually, like kind of made a new friend today, you know? I found someone in a similar experience, or I found someone in a different experience, and then it actually helps develop even more compassion and more empathy because you're just being exposed to new situations all the time. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably one of my like favorite parts of hidden helpers is because it has pushed me outside my comfort zone a little bit, reaching out to other people and like simply seeing how their day is, you know? And like you said, the quiet kids, like 
I'd say I'm not really a quiet kid. I will speak up and kind of say my mind and share what I have to share. And so being able to help or have my voice help someone else and kind of pull that out of them and realize that they can speak up and they can share their story and maybe what they're going through isn't the greatest, but that's okay because we can like help each other. We just have to talk and figure out how everyone's day simply is. Yeah. One person can make your day great just as one person can make your day bad. Hopefully we're going for great. That's always better to have. Just seeing the difference, like actually going out and talking to people. I've been working on this a lot. Um, just going up to random people on the street being like, oh, hey, I like your hat. I like your shirt. Uh, how's your day going? I especially like the grandmas. Those are my favorite people to talk to. I know that's kind of random, but they always have a great story to tell. So how has moving around affected you, not just to college, but your childhood um, explicitly? Yeah, so when my dad first got hurt, we actually ended up moving to California. So I grew up there. Um, and then we ended up moving back to South Dakota, which kind of sad due to the weather, but you know, <laughs> things happen. That's my home. I'll always come back here. Um, moving, I wouldn't say impacted me too much. It was more so because I was with my family the whole time. Um, so I think during that, we formed this bond that other families don't maybe have, but it also went on the circumstance of like, okay, we're this family. How are we going to get through this together? Like, what can we do together to make our lives better? My adoptive father got out of the military before I knew him. But when he came back, we still had to move around a ton to like get him the services that he needs to go to the VA. Cause where we were originally at, we were probably hour and a half from the VA. It just, it was so, it was so bad. I remember as a little kid, me and my sister, and then my parents would always have to go and it'd be like, okay, it's Wednesday. We have to pack up and get out of here. Um, so moving, I've moved personally more than anyone else that I know. So that was always just hard. But if you communicate with your family, it just, it makes it so much easier, you know, because uh, if you go there, like if you get to a new place, you already have friends in your family, you know, so. Yeah. And even like you said, having to drive so far, like, so my family lives in South Dakota, very rural state, like, yes, we are home now, but it's still we our closest VA is still an hour and a half ish away like so for us to get like approved care and stuff we're having to drive an hour which is also something that we have to like compromise with and figure out together like okay dad has an appointment in Sioux Falls today like who's going with that you know because it's not even just the drive. Like the drive does not help by any means, but you drive an hour and a half there, you're there for two, three hours, hour and a half back. 
by the end of the day, you've you've been gone like half of the whole day just for a doctor's appointment. Yeah. So we all have rough days, right? Sometimes they just suck and you're not in a good mood. And being a hidden helper, there's that certain level of like anxiety, you know, like the elevated um, level. So what do you do when you're having a rough day? Um, I'm not going to lie. When I have a rough day, I like to be by myself. So I will go sit in the library and study and just kind of try to get my mind off of it. Um, my friends know me as the one who gets in her car and just kind of drives around town and just <laughs> listens to music, you know, like just kind of get in the way a little bit, but <laughs> I'm sure my mom loves it, but I also call her very frequently. So I'm having a bad day and I will just call her and be like, mom, guess what just happened? Like, guess what just happened in school? Guess what just happened with my friends, you know? So just having her to rely on is probably my favorite part just because she's not involved in it right now because she's not going through it in Vermilion with me, but she's always there. Like she always answers the phone. She's always ready to listen, even if she's in the middle of something she could be cooking supper and I'm like listen <laughs> this day sucked you know everyone has those you can't lie or hide them so it's just figuring out what works best for you when someone in your family is having a rough day what do you do and then uh more specifically when it's like your wounded parent because it's a little bit different with them. What is your best piece of advice for dealing with that? Um, I'd say, so if my mom ever has a bad day, it's kind of the same. We just call each other back and forth and we're like, guess what just happened to me? And though my dad, if he has a bad day, he's a really positive person in general. So if you can just find the humor in something or find something to take his mind off of it uh, it's really easy just being like what'd you do this past weekend like not necessarily ignoring the fact that he's having a bad day but just trying to change the subject or it kind of goes back to what I said in clinical like just trying to make someone smile or laugh can flip their day a whole 360 like it's just that little piece of finding out what can make them smile. Yeah. Just elevating their mood a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know me, for me specifically, if it is my dad and he's having a bad day, what we'll do is uh, we'll just go out. Like we can even sit in the car and not say anything, but just quality time spent together is actually one of his love languages. So that always helps, even if it's just going to the store. Like, of course, with my situation, my dad can't go everywhere. You know, it's hard to get out. But if you can and then just change the situation up a little bit, it's always good to see the benefits. Yeah. Can I add something in there? Yeah. I think, you know, with this whole concept of you guys going off to college and stuff with let's say Kylie being our number one helper and stuff. I think if I would just text her and be like, Hey, dad's having a bad day. Just that call from her 
changes his whole perspective because he's like, oh, I got to talk to Kylie today. Oh, she's doing this on campus. So even though you're not physically there, even a call from you telling them about, oh, this happened at campus today or, you know, it's a one more distraction from them about their day. But it's also, a, I got to talk to them today. I miss them. I'm glad she called. You know, they don't need to know that I called her and said, hey, dad's having a bad day. He would love to hear from you. And so little things like that, I think, you know, bring college life and home life together. Yeah, that was actually really good. I'm, I'm glad you joined in right there. Just doing more behind the scenes to help everything run a bit more smoothly, you know. So with your own personal experience being vastly different from kids, and I'm actually going to ask both of you this. How open are you about your experience with other people? Because like, as you mentioned earlier, people, as soon as they find out, they kind of get a little bit weird and you can't blame them. Like it's understandable, but it still, it doesn't feel great, you know? So how do you just be open about your experience without oversharing and then being like, um, like changing their views on you, you know? Yeah, so it definitely, it's not like a, yes, you can tell this person, no, you can't. It's definitely a case-by-case basis. Um, Like, even joining my sorority, I did not want to tell everyone right away just because I was like, hey, I I don't want this, like, level of pity or whatever. I don't want people to judge me differently. Like, I want to be what they refer to as a normal kid, you know? Um, but then you develop a little bit more, you learn about these people and you learn how they treat you when you are what they refer to as normal. And then you can start to feel comfortable and tell them piece by piece a little bit more. And so I simply did that by like, okay, we have a Theta event this weekend to get into my sorority house is all stairs. So how is my a hundred percent disabled father going to get in my house and be like the other dads that can come, you know? So even just simply going through those battles changes it. Um, People start to ask questions when you're like, when you do bring up those questions, you know, but then it also goes to like my close friends. I trusted them so much. And so they obviously get to hear more. They hear more often. They hear when I'm having a bad day. They hear if my parents are going through, like they understand a little bit more. So even just, I could bring them home for the weekend, not the weekend, but like a day. I Just to show them a little bit more, show them what I'm going through. Like you can tell people as much as you want. It's not gonna help them understand what we are going through, you know? It's like you said, hidden helpers are nice because it finds those peers that are able to understand. They are able to visualize maybe what a casual Tuesday afternoon looks like, you know, whereas my peers sitting next to me in class, they have no idea what it's like to give your dad like 15 meds a day, like, you know, so it's just, like I said, a case by case basis kind of figuring out how they treat you first and then slowly easing into it, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, Jenny, the same question, actually. Uh, How open are you about your experience with your peers and other people? 
So I guess I've always been open. Corey was hurt in 2005. So, you know, he was among some of the first injured. Mm -hmm. And so we've always said, if we can tell our story to help others, we can't change what happened to us, but if we can tell our story to help others, then I guess that's what we will do. And so I guess I've never been shy about telling our story. We've had a lot of struggles to get the care that my husband deserves to everything. You know, I've been very vocal about it, but I guess I didn't see my kids being very vocal at first. They kind of didn't want that limelight on them. I know a lot of their peers in the past have said, you know, like, oh, if we could just have an elevator in our house like you, Kylie, you know, you're so spoiled, things like that. So I, I kind of saw my kids kind of get their close friends and, and go with that and kind of, you know, huddle down. Um, I say Kylie going off to college was probably one of her biggest growths of getting out there, speaking up, standing up. And when she was finally acknowledged as a hidden helper, there's no other program that really acknowledges you guys, is there? I mean, yeah, no. and like she said, how, how often was it that someone said, Kylie, what's your story? How are you? No one ever did that to her, mm -hmm. which, you know, as a mom, I feel terrible because here I was sharing our story and what we went through, but I told them how much my kids helped, but did I really ask her, hmm, Kylie, are you okay? Are you, you know, how are you? We live in, like she said, rural South Dakota. There are no other hidden helpers around her that she can connect with. Mm -hmm. So, like yeah. I said, you know, I'm very vocal, but I'm proud of how she has stepped into her role. Yeah, that's good. I uh, I loved what you said about like the sharing my story for other people's benefits. That's just beautiful, right there. That's amazing. I'm gonna jump in quick. Uh, like my mom said, so even in high school, I would have people be like, oh, you were on TV. Like, you're so cool. I wish I had your life, you know? But that was my mom putting our story out to try to help people. So I would simply just think and be like, you could be on TV if you wanted, but do you want to go through what I'm going through? You know, like, so they see that big publicized of like, this is my life, you know, but they don't see all the behind the scenes work. And like my mom said, I, in high school, I probably like shelled up, didn't want to tell anyone very much. Like my whole town knew who I was. Like we couldn't go to the grocery store without like someone stopping us. So that's just what I knew is everyone knew who I was going to college people didn't know. And it was kind of nice at first, but then that's when I joined Hidden Helpers. And that's when my voice really just like took off. Um, even I went with my mom to go to DC to help lobby for some of the Elizabeth Dole Act, like putting myself out there and going nationally and being like, this is an issue. People aren't seeing the family side of it. And just realizing that there are kids like me, there are kids in high school that are shelling up and taking this huge toll that 
no person should have to go through themselves, you know? So I ended up putting myself in a therapy essentially. So I go and I talk to my counselor once a week and I'm like, nobody understands this. Nobody knows what I'm going through. I don't know how to work through this, but then getting to college and really just taking off and finding this program and having this program relate me to other kids and realizing we aren't alone. We can do this. You know, we don't have to take this burden by ourselves is something really cool that you really can't put into words. Yeah. It's insane. I, uh, I actually went to DC over the summer and I met lots of military kids there, but there was seven other hidden helpers and Susan was there actually. And we just sat in her room and we talked about all like the funny things with our dads and our parents and one of the most eye-opening experiences I've ever had because I felt like very isolated to a degree my entire life because people just they don't get it you know but seeing the others out there with similar situations is just mind-boggling and even like the military kids in a way too even just meeting with them they actually have a lot of our same experiences regardless of if their parents were wounded or not, you know, there's a certain degree more if they were wounded, but even then just relating with them is just amazing. A lot of my friends, actually, we've kind of like been drawn to each other because so many of them are military kids and they just get it, you know? Yeah. percent. Um, yeah. It's always wonderful to see them. If I could go back in time, I would probably be a little bit more open about my experience, kind of trying to do that now, obviously. But um, if you just tell it as it is, that helps a lot. And um, well, people automatically assume the worst when you tell them, you know, they don't think about like the regular aspects of daily living that you still have, because those are still there, you know, it's still normal life. For you, at least, um, that's just how it is. So people don't really think about that part of it, you know? Um, yeah. Being a hidden helper, like, impeded your situation at all? Like, is there any, like, negative things that have happened to you because you're a hidden helper? Absolutely not. Um, if anything, it's just brightened it so much more. Like I said, just, like, getting my voice out there like I said I'm not <laughs> the quiet kid and so finally getting my voice heard and seeing how much of a difference it can make and like even seeing how my voice can help some of the quieter kids open up and just like be like yeah this sucks sometimes like to be brutally honest like our life could be a crappy day most days but just being able to find that positive and correlating with other people and seeing like hey you're having a crappy day too because of you know xyz like hey me too let's let's talk about it you know yeah um you mentioned like talking with others have you found like any others with a similar situation in like your college life um, I haven't found any at college, I would say, um, being in South Dakota and <laughs> the rural 
ethnicities. There's not a lot of like um, diverse backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I would say I have not met anyone here that has gone through it. That must be kind of tough. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're out there, you know, like me. I had that girl in my class. That was very surprising. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping that you find some other kids right there. Who knows? Maybe I should start a hidden helper club. Yeah, you never know. Other, one other dude, but that's all right. It can always happen. Yeah. What is the best advice you can give for leaving the nest? I would say it has to go back to my original statement today is just don't worry too much. Push yourself out there. Go see what's new. Go see what you can do. Most people only go to college once, you know. This is your four-ish years. You have to build yourself into this adult that you're going to be the rest of your life. Like, yeah, just figuring out who you are as a person outside of who you grew up as, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. My final question is what helpful tips do you have that you can recognize yourself and your achievements? Because when you've grown up like this, you're very, very humble, you know, like you just recognize it as it is a part of your life. But sometimes you're just having those days and like you need to pat yourself on the back a little bit. So what can you say about that? Um, I would say, yes, you can have these big goals in life, but also just making like small attainable like everyday goals like I have my to-do list sitting right next to me right now of what I need to do today and so even just like simply crossing that off just brings a little bit of joy into my heart and so just like those little accomplishments in the day can make me feel so much better but then it goes back to like to did I make someone smile today like did I make someone's day better And so just seeing those small goals that you can accomplish daily can just make you a better person in general, I'd say. Yeah. For me, when I need to give myself a little pat on the back, just sometimes it's good to just take a step back and take it in, you know, because when you're in the storm, you're in the storm, you know, you're getting everything done. You're helping your dad with his meds. You're getting him out and to the care that he needs, um, in my case specifically with my dad. But um, it's always wonderful to just take a step back, you know, and even not just you, like my mom and my siblings, just not taking it for granted, you know, and even your parent who served, like they did so much for you that you really can't comprehend So it's always good to give a little bit back. Yeah, and I would say, too, that I'm the type of person that I always put everyone else's needs before mine. Like, I make sure, oh, did you get this? Did you get this done? Like, how are you feeling? But kind of like my mom said earlier, like, I need to step back and look at myself and be like, are you okay? Like, am I okay? Do I need to do something? Like, maybe I should go get my nails done or something like even just a little stepping back from reality, doing something for yourself that gets yourself out of your everyday routine too, 
can also be very beneficial. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for having this conversation with me. This has been great. I always love to hear other people's stories. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you enjoyed this episode, like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a comment to let us know the topics you want to hear more about. We'd like to give a special thanks again to the Wounded Warrior Project for supporting this episode. And we hope you will too by giving today's episode a five-star rating. For more information about MSEC programs, go to militarychild.org. I'm Jake. Until next time, live a great story.